This episode is about some quite out there stuff. The Law of Attraction. We've talked about it before in the MLM episode. That episode includes what now seems like a very brief and crude introduction, so I wanted to go much, much deeper. Law of Attraction is basically about making things happen for you in your life through thought. It can be a house, happiness, health, a relationship, a dream job, whatever. Let's start with the basic definition and work out. According to lawofattraction.com, the law of attraction is the ability to attract into our lives whatever we are focusing on. It is believed that regardless of age, nationality or religious belief, we are all susceptible to the laws which govern and now there's an ambulance. We are all susceptible to the laws which govern the universe, including the law of attraction. It is the law of attraction which uses the power of the mind to translate whatever is in our thoughts and materialise them into reality. In basic terms, all thoughts turn into things eventually. Not everyone approaches LOA in the same way. By the way, I'm going to call it LOA throughout the episode for brevity. I've said it about four or five times and my mouth is already tired of it. Like anything belief and faith-based, people have their own methods and understanding. Most believe that focused, positive, proactive thinking helps you bring the thing you want to you more easily and you open yourself up to receiving that thing. Let's say it's a big house in exactly the right location. Some might pin a picture of the house up, focus on it, feel good about it and most importantly feel this deep, positive assurance that they'll get it and they already have exactly what they need in order to get it. It's coming straight to you, basically. You just have to receive it. There are going to be people who can explain it a lot better than me later in this episode, so hold on for that. This is not my first rodeo with LOA. As I've said, I visited it very briefly in the MLM episode. But long before that, I watched the documentary version of The Secret, which is most people's introduction. It's a major phenomenon. The book has sold 30 million copies. Samantha throws it over her shoulder on the beach in the Sex and the City film, right before she sees the guy um, in the outdoor shower and we see like half of his dick. I watched The Secret and thought, wow, what a lot of shite, (laughs) and literally never thought about it or looked at it again until the MLM episode. This is all just a really alien concept for me because LOA is belief and faith-based and I just don't believe in anything. It's a very depressing sentence, but it's true. I don't believe in God or any religion. I don't believe in ghosts, though I sort of want to because I just... I think that would be interesting. And I do sometimes watch ghost hunting stuff on YouTube to freak myself out. I don't believe in miracles, spirit guides, reincarnation. I don't believe in any kind of afterlife at all. I've never seen or felt anything otherworldly or mystical or religious or even difficult to explain. So I just don't believe. And I can't even imagine having faith, really. And it's also... One of the reasons that I've chosen this topic, I wanted to go very, very far away from something that I can relate to because I thought the results would probably be the most surprising. Now, that doesn't mean I have a problem with other people believing in things. I don't go in for that aggressive atheism. 
potential episode there. Let me know if you'd like to hear it. Um, yeah, that aggressive atheism that ridicules people for having a belief that can't be seen or proven. Believing in things we can't see or prove is what humans do. We've done it for thousands of years, so like, why would we stop now? It was unavoidable, though. I really struggled to empathise with LOA, and that makes investigating the topic really difficult. How can I go beneath the obvious surface of something without that basic level of understanding? Well, I found what I think is a good way. This episode is going to be slightly different to past ones. Not loads, just a bit. Rather than speaking to a couple of people with direct experience of the community and then complementing that with a couple of experts or academics or people who've written on the topic, I've spoken exclusively to people with personal stories about LOA or some kind of close involvement. Um, We're hearing it directly from the horses' mouths today. There are a few reasons why. One, quite a few people were keen to tell their story and that's unusual, so I went with it. Two, it became really clear during my research that LOA has many different interpretations and people approach it so differently. So I was never going to do it justice by talking to one proponent, one sceptic, and then a couple of psychologists or whatever. In this case, that just didn't feel detailed enough. And three, if you listened to the pro slash anti-vax episode, which you really should because it's like probably one of the best ones ever. You'll know that I don't find it very helpful or insightful to pit advocate against sceptic and just wait for one to tire out first. The why and the how is much more interesting to me than the what and I hope it is to you too. While I was recording these interviews I made a conscious effort to disable any kind of desire to ask, yeah, but how did that really happen? Or are you sure it was X, it could have been Y? That's the natural response I and many other people have when they're told something that seems quite unbelievable. I'm not here to test the validity of anyone's belief because who the fuck am I? How would I even do that? I'm not expecting to be turned into a believer um, because as I said my brain doesn't work like that but I'm gonna listen and try and see it from the perspective they're coming from. I really don't need to believe it to understand why others believe it and in the end we'll all make up our own minds anyway. So in this episode, the 10th episode, oh, love a round number, I've spoken to people who believe and use LOA with mixed results to find out about their diverse experiences and they're very diverse. If you're a committed skeptic, because I'm sure there are people listening now who really generally don't have time for this kind of thing, um, I'm not going to expect you to switch that off. I'm also not going to judge you for switching this episode off if you just really feel like that's not an approach you'd want to go down, but I would hope that you'd hear it out first. If you remain very like, ugh, law of attraction bollocks, then fine, but it's uncomfortable. I know, to hear things that are really out of your um, understanding and away from how you live your life, but I think if you're sceptical you should definitely stick around. (laughs) There's a lot in here and it surprised me, I think it'll surprise you too. I remember I was manifesting a job and then I got a job, but it was just a regular old unorganized, unsafe job, but you ask for a job, you get what you ask for. The less you think about it, the faster it comes. I got this notebook, and in my notebook, I write down a lot of things, but I never write anything negative. Everything stays positive and to the point of what I want it to be. 
And I feel like in the beginning it did work a bit, but it kind of slowed down. I, I guess maybe I'm, I want it too much. I don't know if that's causing resistance as well. Something about our consciousness as human beings impacts the environment around us. I found that very freeing. You just heard from a few anonymous members of the LOA subreddit, which has 46,000 subscribers at the time of recording. The majority of people on the subreddit are defining their own relationship with LOA, asking for support, giving advice, and to be honest, there's a lot of making it up as they go along. Not in a bad way, not in a misleading way, just in a finding their own feet way. And that has some mixed results. Also, when podcast episodes collide, the Law of Attraction subreddit bans any posts about NoFap. Interesting. It's very much a community of two halves. Quite a few people post positive things as though they've already happened or are definitely going to happen, which is a big part of LOA. We'll go into it a bit more later. Such as, I am going to ace all my exams, or I'm going to win that medal, or even just, today is going to be a great day. The community loves a success story. If people actively ask for positive vibes, they'll get plenty. But when those positive vibes don't have much effect, or they're asking for specific help rather than just good wishes, they get very little feedback from the community on the whole. There are a lot of doubts in the LOA subreddit. Not everyone's having a good time. Serious money worries, health concerns, actual real-life deadlines, whatever it is. I saw the phrase, no comments yet, quite a lot while browsing this subreddit. When they do get responses from people, they're usually urging them to keep believing, keep visualising, stay positive, let go. It's very well-intentioned on the whole, but it's very general um, and not always the most useful guidance when you're in a bit of a pickle and you're feeling all those feelings at once. For people who aren't sure if LOA is working for them or not, there are no easy answers and that's very frustrating for them. Comments like, to get true happiness, you learn to accept and enjoy unhappiness. Might have some wisdom, but it doesn't exactly get your impending rent paid. The more posts I read, the more I saw the LOA is a mystery to most people, and no one knows for sure how it works. They only know how they think it's worked for them, and that's good enough if they can see results in front of them. They generally have to work it out on their own. It's quite an individual mission. So I sent out loads of messages to people posting and commenting on the subreddit. One of the first people I spoke to had an interesting goal in mind. She's a stripper, we'll call her M like Judy Dench in the James Bond films. She set a goal to make at least $350 in one night. When it comes to like dancing, it's not gonna come to you. Like it's, it's really a competition there. You have to go to customers. And I guess in that case, I will get the money if I work for the money. Like instead of like maybe a $3 tip, I can get a $17 tip. A lot of dancers do that, like this is my goal. Did M meet her goal and make her $350? I'm sorry to say that she didn't. She thinks it's because she wasn't motivated enough, but she's had other successful nights. M is quite new to LOA, but she posts on the subreddit fairly regularly and has used the techniques with various different results. Her main takeaway is be specific because the universe has a funny way of giving you exactly what you asked for. And the reality of that isn't as simple as it seems. 
I remember a few months back, I didn't have a job, and I was like, you know what? Somehow, somewhere, I'm going to pay my bills. And then all of a sudden, I got this random check from school. I remember I was manifesting a job, and I got a job, but it was just a regular old, unorganized, unsafe job. But you ask for a job. You get what you ask for. Like, I wanted to get my own apartment. I don't just want any apartment, but I want, like, a nice apartment. A certain area, I want downtown, I want carpet, a car, not just any beat-up car. Like, a car going to last me, and a dog. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Let's talk about manifestation because that's going to come up a lot. So earlier we read that definition from lawofattraction.com which defined the basic principle as all thoughts turn into things eventually. Well, manifestation is the process of turning those thoughts into things. It's a process you have to lead and do yourself and the universe and the world around you is supposed to respond if it all goes well. It's basically about setting your intention and saying what you want to happen in explicit certain terms. The best explanation of manifestation I heard was from another anonymous subreddit member. We'll call her V. I'm pulling these letters out my arse, by the way. They have no significance. Even I don't know their names. V's tried a few different manifestation methods, including three of the most popular on the subreddit. My like most proudest success story actually was when I got a job. I did this technique called the two cup method. And basically what you do is you get two cups, right? On one cup, you write down your current situation. Your current reality is something you don't, you're not really fond of. And then in the second cup, you write down your desire what you want to happen. You fill water into the first cup and then you pour water from the first cup into the second cup and then you drink water from the second cup and you visualize your desire manifesting. Where I live, it was really hard for me to get a job and I tried to use a lot of attraction to get a job sooner, but it didn't work. I did this thing called the 55 times five. You write down your desire 55 times straight for five days straight. You visualize how you feel, how it looks, how maybe how you'll get it. You have to be really specific because there are times where you can manifest it, but it doesn't happen in the way you want to. So that's why you always have to be specific as to how you want to get it, what you want, everything. And then some people, they write it down. From what I understand, you're supposed to write it down. Then after that, you just let it go. You don't obsess over it. You basically act like you have it. I first contacted V because she posted on the subreddit about a manifestation technique called scripting. I'd never heard of it before, but the situation she described and the application of it was quite familiar. A new delivery guy came to her work and she thought he was really fit. She really wanted to see him again, so V decided to use LOA to make that happen. He was different from the usual delivery guys. I was like, wow, he looks really good looking. I decided to just sign my name on the thing instead of putting my number. And then I left and I was like, hmm, you know what? This, I think I want to see him again. You know, I want to have that chance to put my number down, be funny about it, be flirty and funny and see what happens. I really relate to this wish to go back and redo an interaction because I've I've missed so many opportunities with men I, I can't even tell you. I stand there like a mute 
in the moment and then think about them for two weeks afterwards like some pining Jane Austen character and I beat myself up for not being brave enough to say something it's pathetic I should be well past it but I'm not V decided she was going to use LOA to script out what she wanted to happen with the cute delivery guy and set the intention to see him again and make it all go very differently I tell my friends about it they thought my idea was hilarious, but they're not really, they don't, I don't think they know about the law of attraction that much. That night, I put, made that post on Reddit and that's how I scripted. It actually didn't happen. I don't think I scripted correctly when I did it. You're supposed to visualize it first and then you write it down. I just wrote it down. During the week, I was like briefly thinking about it, but I wasn't obsessing over it. I was just like, oh, He's coming on Thursday, and then I like let it go. I think I should have been thinking about it less. It was still fun to do, and the law of attraction is supposed to be fun. You're not supposed to really take it seriously. When you take it seriously, you get stressed, and then when you get stressed, you start to obsess over it. And the more you obsess, the harder, it, the longer it takes for it to manifest. There's a school of thought in LOA that thinking about something too much doesn't help you get it. In fact, it does the opposite of help you get it. It actively hinders you getting what you want. You're supposed to visualise, manifest, write it down, drink your cups, whatever, then let go. That phrase is repeated all over the subreddit. Let go, act as if it's already happened, it's on its way to you no matter what. Naturally, some people aren't going to get on well with that idea. If you really need more money, you sort of, well, you need more money. And surely there's no acting as if you're rich when you're not. Well, in a way, there is. Though it might take some getting used to if you're a newbie like me. I spoke to another Redditor we'll call Jay. His goal was to get to the point where he's making 10k every month. When I spoke to him, he hadn't reached his goal yet, but a family friend had offered him a new job paying double what he currently made. So he's on his way there, even if it's a bit more slowly than he thought. And you said um, in your post um, that you change your posture and wouldn't let go of the thought of already being rich. Could you explain those to me and how you go about that? Yeah, so usually my posture is like very slouched. Like uh, I'm always like bending forward. I would like like look at videos of people who who are like very confident. Like Kanye West, for example, he like has his back all the way, like uh, very stiff, like a straight uh, spine. So like I try like imitating people who who are like very confident. Do you think the confidence links directly to the money? It's more of like the belief that it gives you. Like the thing, the way you do things has an impact on your mind, on the way you, you're, you're thinking. So like, I could be slouched and still achieve my goals, but like putting my posture up, giving me the belief that like, well, I'm a confident person. I have, I have more power to me. I got this notebook and in my notebook, I write down a lot of things, but I never write anything negative. Everything stays positive and to the point of what I want it to be. So I would write down beliefs in there that like, I already am rich. I, I have, confidence I have this I have that I write things that I want in, in the notebook and basically I rewrite it every single day and I read it every single day the more that I read it the more I write it the more belief I get from it it's weird because I'm 
actively trying to work on my posture ATM, not for any financial reasons or love of Kanye West, just because I sit down older. Before you giggle at the idea of someone writing down, I already am rich hundreds of times in their notebook, let's go a little bit deeper. I think we can all probably agree that wealth is a concept as well as a number. Jay's goal might be a specific number, but what he actually wants is much more than that. It's everything that comes with that number. When I asked Jay why he set that specific goal, he told me that his family members all earn roughly that figure, so it clearly represents success and stability to him. But also, if anything, it's the norm. It's where he expects and wants to get to. So the process doesn't just involve making that money. It involves feeling the success and stability he wants to feel, and being the kind of person he wants to be, as well as making that money. Him addressing his posture and trying to become more confident, and appear more confident, though the method might be unorthodox, is seemingly all just part of that process. I think there's this perception that LOA is easy, it's pitched as a shortcut to wealth and material things. The Secret definitely hasn't helped that, because the documentary talks about wealth as kind of an entitlement, something you can expect to receive if XYZ. I also remember The Secret being sepia-toned, basically like all the way through. I don't know why. Judging from what I've seen and read, LOA is not easy. It is not a shortcut. It's a fairly lengthy, arduous process that involves changing the way you think about yourself and the world around you. Life often forces us to be patient and sometimes enjoy things we don't want to enjoy in order to get something good out of it, or even just learn something. Life's really cruel that way. For the people using LOA, it seems to work within this same kind of principle. We can't see what's coming in the future, so we sort of have to trust things are going in the right direction. That's the case whatever you believe in. LOA is like a guidance system for that, a way of dealing with uncertainty and trying to remove as much as possible. Most of us, let's be real, law of attraction believer or not, are not good at being patient. That's why it's such a virtue. Knowing that people would often turn to the subreddit when they needed help and reassurance, and knowing that they like often didn't get very much, I wanted to speak to at least one of those people looking for help. We'll call her B. Her reddit post was a tough read. In your post you said you were trying to manifest a job and you did everything you were supposed to do and it's not worked out. Um, could you take me back to the beginning? Like what kind of job were you trying to manifest? Um, really anything. I very much want stability and a, a job that I enjoy as well because I've been working retail restaurants for my whole life. I mean, I'm young, but that's just kind of been the whole plate for me and I wanted something new to pick off of it. It just didn't work out. Um, five by 55 two cups and visualization. Oh, and I, I do journal and uh, script as well, just not as often as the others, but um, two, two cups feels like it works the most and yet it doesn't seem to. So how does it feel like it works the most? Is it just like a general feeling that you get when you're doing it? I guess maybe the emotion is just comes to me a lot easier because I feel like I'm really doing something in the moment, I guess. 
And what about journaling? The scripting and the journaling, I guess it's a little bit harder because I, I feel like maybe I don't believe it enough, but sometimes I'll do it just to get myself a little bit in a better vibration. So would you write down the things that you want and the scenarios that you want to happen sort of as if they have happened? or as yeah, if, I, yeah, I write in present tense as if it's happened already. I, I guess maybe I'm... I want it too much. I don't know if that's causing resistance as well. I've only known the law of attraction for a few months now. And I feel like in the beginning it did work a bit, but it kind of slowed down or it worked selectively as it wished. I'm Mm. not going to bash it too much. The stuff that I was really desperate for and really hoping for, it just didn't come. Even if I tried not to apply a desperate vibration to it. Right, so after a while, this dichotomy of it works for them and not for them and vice versa started to feel quite reductive. I still think it's a community of two halves in terms of how people react to positive and negative posts, but the actual subscribers I think are a much more complex, kind of unknowable story. They might post all their good days and keep their bad moments to themselves, for example. I mean, it's not like we don't all do that online to some degree. It's clear what they choose to share is only going to be a small segment. What's the rest of the pie look like? What's the day-to-day experience for people? Does it take years to start understanding LOA? Do you have lots of little breakthroughs and then nothing for ages? What does it feel like to have that kind of internal guidance system? Reassuring? Fatalistic? What? So many questions, as usual. (laughs) While I was browsing Reddit, I found Maria. She really is called Maria, by the way. She was happy to use her first name. She wrote a post on the subreddit entitled, If things are falling apart, let them. Um, I had studied English, I had wanted to be a writer, and I didn't really know, I didn't really have the confidence necessary to just start doing it outright. (laughs) So I started waiting tables for a little bit after college. I absolutely hated it. It didn't resonate with me. It didn't suit my personality. One day, I walked into work and seemingly out of nowhere, um, I had gotten fired for an email. I had a really hard time with it. It really wounded my ego. Because I was so distraught over it, I started applying to remote online jobs. I eventually got hired by a company writing part-time. And um, after three years of that and also some freelancing, I started working as an editor. And it's something that I never would have considered as a viable route had I not gone through all that difficult stuff first. I cannot stress enough how much this post stood out to me. People don't tend to write with such a long-term bigger picture view on the LOA subreddit. There are exceptions, but on the whole, they're usually much more immediate goal-focused or very entrenched in how they feel right now, good or bad. Obviously, I, I do believe in the observer effect and that people are capable of influencing you know, the matter around them, but... I think where the law of attraction can get a little bit unhealthy is when people just 
entirely stop taking action. You know, whether you believe in this or you don't, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep actively taking steps toward the things you want. You can't just sit around hoping and waiting for it to all fall in your lap. And I think that most sources on the law of attraction, including potentially the most popular, which is the secret, miss one crucial step in that process, which is letting go. And when people obsess over something, it actually creates this feeling of lack because you feel like things in your life simply won't be okay until they unfold exactly as you're picturing. And sometimes life has something else, something better in store. And sometimes it ends up exactly the way you pictured. But either way, nothing's going to materialize until you stop holding on so tightly and stop micromanaging every single step along the way. It's just, it's funny because I've experienced something quite similar myself in terms of we studied the same thing. I wanted to be a writer and I wasn't sure how to go about it. And then I had like crappy office jobs and then got sacked and had to make a decision like, is it now or never? Am I going to do this freelance? And uh, I've been happily doing it freelance for three years as well. So first of all, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I do feel like Life often has to back us into a corner before we end up submitting to the thing that we actually want. I am a perfectionist. When I get something up my ass, I absolutely have to do it, and I have to be in control. (laughs) No, it it does not come easy to me, and it's taken a lot of work to be able to let go of something. Speaking to Maria signals the turning point for me in LOA. Well, maybe not... Turning point sounds a bit drastic, actually. I didn't completely like 180 degree it. Let's call it like a, let's call it a pivot point. I pivoted 90 degrees ish and so it all from quite a new angle. I started to see the deeper reasons why people are so into law of attraction beyond the material goals and the strict manifestation deadlines. One of the people who helped open it up for me is Ginny Gain an LOA coach based in Canada. She helps people learn how to use the law of attraction to create the life they really want. And she kind of schooled me on it, basically. Not in an aggressive way, she's lovely. But some of my questions, it sort of dawned on me how little I understood it. (laughs) Which is really the best kind of interview you can do. It's interesting because once you get to know it, you kind of realise it's out there, it's like, everywhere right in everything we're doing but I didn't term it the law of attraction until I read um in 2009 I believe I was traveling around Australia and I was referred an Abraham Hicks book called the power of emotions and that's when I first was introduced to the law of attraction so it was like a light bulb I was kind of going around and I was young and I was you know wandering around what wondering hey what's my purpose what should I do with my life and, you know, we're always on this self-growth journey of wondering how we can be better, how we can get more out of life. When I was introduced to these concepts, these explanations, everything just clicked. What Abraham and Esther and Jerry do is they're explaining like the the vibrational reasoning behind everything that happening happens. It gives you just an understanding. It's not telling you like what to do or anything. And it it was just, it was like eye opening. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, so I can create my reality. It was like a total sense of empowerment. Okay, now I know what to do. That's our, our first introduction to this idea that we can influence the world we live in. What the law of attraction actually is like, you know, the law of gravity, right? 
like if we step or pull down. So it's always working. We don't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to use the law of gravity today. So the law of attraction is the same in the sense that it's a universal law. So everything that exists in this whole universe comes under this principle of like attracts like. And it's, it's more about energy than it is about thoughts. The energy that you're putting out there is the energy that you're going to get back. So the universe doesn't know language. It doesn't have specifics or words or anything. We don't speak to it through our words. We speak to it through our energy. One of the foundational principles is that our whole universe is a vibrational universe. So everything that exists, all the matter, all humans, animals, sky, trees, houses, whatever you're going to call it, even though it seems solid and physical to us and, you know, physicists and all those scientific people <laughs> have studied this and when you break it all when you break it down it's all vibration right it's all energy and even beyond that to the smallest particles it's space it's it's like energy you can't grasp it so the law of attraction is lining up similar frequencies of energy our society world in general really conditions and sets us up to uh, struggle in life because we're taught that our value is based on what we do. So our value is based on actions so focused in the physical world, in things we can see, touch, hear, and smell. We're, we come in with this idea that we have to work and try. We try to use that with the law of attraction. So when people start to hear this concept of the law of attraction, they say, okay, I need, I need to make it work. I need to do the actions that will make this law work for me. And that's the opposite of how it actually works. So we're not here to direct the law of attraction. It's already working in all of our lives all the time. The feeling is more important than the specifics. When you picture yourself living in a house, it's gonna be how it makes you feel more than anything. You're focusing more on how you want to feel in your future home rather than the sort of aesthetics and the practicalities. Right, exactly. And if yeah. those aesthetics, those specifics, elicit a specific feeling from you, then that's great. Use them. But, you know, people think that they need to cover a vision board with, you know, this is what my desk is going to look like, this is what my kitchen's going to look like. And yes, if that helps elicit those feelings, but that can also help you elicit a feeling of overwhelm. Then you start thinking, you know, well, this is a massive kitchen with granite countertops. How the hell am I ever going to afford that? Our thoughts impact the matter around us to the extent that they impact our emotions. Okay, confession time. Um, I know sweet fuck all about science. Never enjoyed it at school, never got to grips with it. Like, not even the fairly basic biological principles. I did an AS level in biology, literally, and this is a shite reason because it's a proper academic subject and there was nothing else free on the timetable. I fainted during the heart dissection. I worked really hard at biology AS level despite the fainting and got an E. <laughs> Resat and got a D. Called it a day after that. Even the teacher was like, yeah, once your exams are done, you can sit this one out. 
for any non-British listeners, and there are quite a few of you, AS levels are the first year of your A levels, which are qualifications you do between 16 and 18 years old in England and Wales. They are your ticket into university, basically. And a D grade is really not very good. Oh, and physics, forget it. That shit goes so far over my head because it's so theoretical. I deal with the written word with all its ambiguities and spontaneity and double meanings and nonsensical spellings, but the order and rigidity of science will always be a mystery to me. When I was at uni, I lived with at least three or four physicists at any one time, sometimes more, actually. I studied English literature, so academically we were chalk and cheese. They would talk about certain physics-related concepts around me sometimes, and honestly, they could have been making that shit up on the spot, and I would never have known. It's also abstract and vast. LOA reminds me of the things they used to talk about. All this invisible stuff happening around us, stuff we can't see or touch. So abstract, you need to fire up a slightly different part of your brain to even understand it. Just like Ginny said, we can't grasp it. Some of the subreddit contributors and some of the Facebook group members too have a lot of very firm ideas about what the universe does and doesn't care about or does and doesn't recognise. And this is generally based on their own experience of what's worked for them, but it can also be based on books they've read, videos they've watched. When people share their failures or doubts, the few comments they receive usually contain thoughts as to why it didn't work or why they need to let go more, some steps to focus on in the future. When you try something out with LOA and it doesn't work, just like V did with her scripting exercise. The rational explanation is to be like, well, the cute delivery guy didn't show up for loads of potential reasons. He wasn't on that shift anymore. He was just filling in for someone, whatever. That's probably what I would do. But in the LOA community, that's not really going to cut it. The universe is bigger than that. It doesn't care about shift patterns. So people often have to look back at the techniques they've tried and wonder what they did wrong or what they need to do more of or less of or how much more they're going to have to let go and act as if before their life changes in the way they want it to. I don't have problems disconnecting. I ask and I let go. I think the biggest problem is that no one on there is really a leader and you can't really understand who is in tune with the law of attraction enough to know who to listen to you can post on there hi i need help with something and then one person's telling you this and then the other person's like no 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 it's this i i understand that everyone's different it works different for everyone but i don't know i think it's just too big of an amalgamation of emotions and thoughts and beliefs i was diagnosed with manic depression at about 14 years old or so and I've been stuck in a very negative thought pattern and sometimes I do just genuinely from the inside feel sad but other days I mean I'm just like any normal happy person I can smile at anything and I love to laugh in that time I am a very positive person so it's it depends on my mindset so on days where you're really not very good, does Law of Attraction just kind of have to take a backseat? <laughs> I understand that it shouldn't, 
I guess in a way you could say I've been taking a break from it. I may have gotten a bit obsessive with it. You know, I guess the fact that nothing was happening for so long, I was like, all right, we'll just put it on the back burner and we'll just see how things go. I've kind of been just riding on on autopilot lately. I've been good. I've been in a very good mood lately, um, and I've just been kind of trying to stay on that that good high as naturally as I can. I'm not trying to force anything. I wonder if in the Law of Attraction community there is a fear of thinking negative thoughts when actually negative thoughts are inevitable and they're going to come. I do think that positive thinking is important, but there is the potential to almost disassociate with your current reality. My own personal beliefs is that we're here to move forward and to overcome. I think negative things so often fall in your lap, almost cyclically, so that you have the potential to face them head on. And I don't think anyone can move forward without acceptance of the current situation you're in, the things that you don't like, the way they make you feel. I mean, meditation is a very important part of my practice because if you're not facing something head on and allowing it to be there, even for a short period of time, you're suppressing it. And those suppressed feelings become part of your internal beliefs. And for example, if you grew up feeling this sense of lack and, you know, all of a sudden you read the secret and you feel like, okay, I'm no longer going to live in a state of lack and you never face that. And every time something comes along that makes you think of that lack, you just push it down and you suppress it. That's part of your internal belief system. If you do believe in the law of attraction and you do believe that our thought forms influence the matter around us, that is operating off of that basic internal belief, which is still lack because you never faced it, you never got through it. Covering it up with band-aids of positive thinking until you address that on a root level, it's not going to go away. I don't think we've gone into that much detail about letting go, have we? If LOA was a martial art, letting go successfully would be the equivalent of a white belt and being able to meditate while balancing on your big toe. I don't know. Letting go demonstrates complete trust in the universe and yourself. It's asking for what you want and then not letting the absence of it bother you at all. Some of my contributors see it quite differently. V had the most relatable down-to-earth approach, something the subreddit can lack, but it's still informed by this unshakable faith that remains still slightly distant and unattainable to me. This is something a lot of manifestors have trouble with, the letting go part. Definitely in the past, it was very difficult for me to do. But now, first I distract myself, you know, with schoolwork or with hanging out with my friends, the usual stuff. But when there are times where I start thinking about it, or if I were to obsess about it, maybe have doubts. And I used to have a lot of doubts back then. I'll think, well... This is going to manifest on this day and it's going to manifest in this way. So there's no reason for me to obsess over it. And there are times where I do want to speed it up. But I also know that if I like stress over wanting to speeding it up, it will actually happen slower. My results won't get it as fast as I planned. You'll have noticed, I'm sure, that the Redditors I spoke to who have set specific goals, earn $350 in a night, speak to the cute delivery guy, make 10k every month, get a new job, 
it's not happened for them. They might have got some of the way there or got it in a slightly different way, but they haven't reached their goal yet. It's impossible for me to sit here and even really speculate why that is, because there are so many factors. Instead, let's go back to LOA coach Ginny for a while. She uses her knowledge to help people use LOA themselves to create their dream life. And this is how. The people I generally work with are individuals who have a lot of knowledge of law of like law of attraction definitely but are in kind of that self development and self growth world and they've read a lot of books and seen a few things in their life happen they know that kind of a better way exists and they know of this law or they know of this idea of positive thinking even in general how their mindset affects the reality then i work with them to help show how it actually like in their life how it works in their life and get th getting them into their own power Part of my ultimate vision is guiding people how to go deeper within them, understand what's important to them, and align their values with how they're living in the world. I believe, and then maybe it's a perception, but a, the work I do is generally a lot deeper than just using the law of attraction to get something you want. I really love working with people who are in it for the self-growth. You know, the cars and things and the houses are fun, but it's not really what life's about. I can guide you and I can give you the knowledge. And that's the same as books, right? But we actually learn through our own experience. I mean, I always say to people, like, you gradually raise your vibration. And sometimes when you're shifting, like, the little bit at the beginning is stickier. It's tougher. As people work with me, they learn how to use the tools. And they learn how to recognize these things in their own life. It's a way of living, once you develop this awareness of what you're thinking about, how you're focusing, how you're feeling, then you can guide yourself along the way because we all have our own internal guidance system. It's so interesting. I, it, for previous episodes, I've, you're so, I would say the third kind of therapist slash one-to-one coach I've spoken to in different fields and they've mm -hmm. all said basically at its core what you've just said which is to help people become their own guidance yeah. system I mean that's that's amazing I love hearing that that is more of an idea out there because traditionally right a lot of the guidance was hey telling people what to do hey do this and do that and you'll get that result okay, well, that's great. But then what happens when you don't have a coach for the rest of your life? You can't afford coaches for our whole life. And and the only person who knows what's right for you is you. This is the, the, the only person. Your guidance is built for you. And no one can tell you or do it for you better than you. Well, thank you. You've really given me a much more detailed understanding of it it's still okay. it's still so vast though um, it is yeah there's yeah. all sorts of different parts to it I think the best way for me to understand it is the approach I take with every podcast mm -hmm. episode which is to just speak to people mm -hmm. and get their take on it but you know how you're really gonna learn it right oh how <laughs> Well, by by applying it in your own life. So this is the whole part of like we can learn, we can we can intellectually learn a lot of things, but until we apply it in our own life and the concepts that we're learning, we don't actually know it. So for someone like me who's got such a different way of viewing the world, 
Is there something small I could do to start with? Well, do like my first question is, do you want to? Because if, if the desire isn't there, then it's there's, you know, no point. There's definitely a reluctance I, I can feel in myself. Yeah. But the things that people, the, all the things you've described in your dream life, you know, I do want all of those things. So maybe maybe there's too much of a block there. No, there's never, never too much. And so how I would start is being extremely general with your questions. And so questions are amazing for bringing on answers. You know, sometimes we're seeking an answer to something, but we're so focused on the problem that we can't, we can't line up with the solution. And so one of the best ways is to just start asking questions and empowering questions. And so for you, just say, asking the question of like, I wonder how this is going to evolve or I'm open or I'm willing to see this, to understand this more. I'm willing to experience something in my life. That's ultimately all it takes is a curiosity to say, okay, well, I wonder how this is going to evolve for me. One of the main things I try to do with this podcast is, uh, as well as hear myself speak for as long as possible, is look at a community that we probably already have a few feelings and preconceptions about and open it up so we can really see what's going on from the perspective of the people in it and around it. I think the law of attraction definitely warrants this same treatment because we've all heard of the secret and we possibly have a few friends who post positive inspirational posts that are very easy to scroll past or even laugh at. There's loads going on beneath that surface though and it would be so arrogant to assume we can understand it enough to dismiss it. Do you know? for sure how the universe works if there's a plan for you if things happen for a reason because i fucking don't i've spent just over two months with the loa community there's a sense of optimism and positivity that i really like it's been a genuine pleasure there are lots of people using loa to get to know themselves and what they want out of life and they're doing it all on their own time off their own back they're very self-educated and yet there are a few people who just want a Lamborghini on their doorstep, but TBH, it's a minority. And it's sort of just one small segment of it anyway. It barely scratches the surface. The material goals and the ritualistic side of LOA still doesn't resonate with me that much. I can see why it might make someone feel proactive, but that's about it really. However, I do feel a much greater appreciation for this letting go thing and being patient with the world around you and that is something I have genuinely been thinking about probably every day while I've been making this episode and I'm quite keen to start practicing that in my own life. There's only one thing that strikes me as cultish in Law of Attraction and I've only seen a few examples. I saw an interesting post on one of the most popular LOA Facebook groups. Somebody said, Ever since I've had my awakening, I'm losing people. Is that normal? And then in swooped 53 commenters saying, yes, it is normal. One was particularly harsh. Yes, they will drop like flies or you will cut them out of your life. When those closest to us see a change in us, good or bad, mostly good, they do not or cannot meet us where we are at. As we evolve more and gain more clarity and understanding, 
It is like shining a light on their own insecurities and many people don't like that. Ouch, thanks Christine. That us versus them attitude is in some of the groups somewhere and in some of the posts. But I think people are generally free to work things out on their own. Cults don't like individualism. They're all about the group mentality. Your self-development is fine as long as it serves the group. You need unwavering support for the leader or leaders and what they want. So broadening your mind and learning more it doesn't really go well with that. LOA is all about what you want, not what they want, not what the group wants, not what anyone else wants. It's also about how you define it and what works for you. There's also no trace that I've seen of any recruitment or brainwashing. If you successfully manifest something, other group members just want to know how you did it. They're happy for you. In general, the higher you climb and the more successful you become with LOA, the more you're celebrated. But those people also tend to have this very level-headed clarity. They don't suddenly feel invincible. They know that it's still a learning process. And even if you just come across like a 10 pound note or you know, experience a really small measure of success, people will still give you like a shed load of encouragement. Having a good attitude and openness and willingness is enough for this community to embrace you. So yeah, you may be thinking, what good is that encouragement? It's convincing them of something that isn't there, they're still powerless, it's leading them on, it's making them hope for something that isn't real. I mean, yeah, there can be some blind hope and some people who walk away from the groups and wonder why they're no happier and why it doesn't work for them and it seems to work for everybody else. I have no explanation for that. I've read their posts and wondered how they're doing, wondered if they're maybe better off working out their own understanding of what they want and how to bring it closer to them. They don't necessarily need law of attraction. That's probably where I'm at, actually. Getting to know LOA has demonstrated to me that Seeing the world as a little bit less physical and rational is actually good for me, personally. Because there are so many things in the world I can't explain or wouldn't even attempt to explain and those things can be really frustrating and um, anxiety inducing so it's kind of nice. Are you kidding me? Jesus! The perils of recording at home, a plumber lot knocked on my door and he's not even for me, he's for next door. Anyway, where were we? It's been good for me, I think, to stay open-minded and hopeful about things in the future, because ultimately LOA is very hopeful and it's infectious. It's felt right. And that's at the core of Law of Attraction. Does it feel right or does it not? And it's entirely up to you to find out. That's a Cult is written and edited by me, Helen McCarthy. I'm on Twitter at Helen L. McCarthy. The music is composed by Antti Lawardi. You can find his information in the episode description. Thanks to all my anonymous interviewees, as well as Maria and Ginny. Ginny's details are in the episode description. She also has a podcast of her own called Manifest It Now. Just search for it on Apple Podcasts or look at the link below. Please do rate and review on, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Every episode is a huge job and an even bigger labour of love. So your feedback is, is important and very encouraging. 
You can also email me at that'socult at gmail.com if you have more to say than the character limit will allow. I also want to hear your internet cult suggestions, so tell me what you think I should cover. If it's niche, pri I wrote nice in my notes, I meant niche. So if it's niche, primarily internet based and weird as shit, I'll probably be interested in it. Thank you very much for listening.